2: No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 13. (laughs) Coming at you from the Nebraska Brewing Company Studios slash Tap Room. Once again, we have with us a Nebraska national champion. The guy who, in 97, we all remember Matt Davison. We remember the, the kick catch. But you can't forget Kenny Cheatham's clutch receptions on that drive. If it wasn't for those clutch receptions, Matt Davison probably doesn't catch that kick pass. I said his name, Keddy Cheatham, Thank you very much for joining the No Block No Rock
1: podcast. No we problem, fellas. It. No problem. It's my honor to be here tonight. Awesome.
2: Just to you know, start off, um, I think we should talk about the the shakeup that we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Um, four offensive coaches being replaced or not replaced yet but being let go Ryan Held, Matt Lubick, Greg Austin and Mario Verduzco. You know j- just to ask you Kenny for this new offensive coordinator cuz I think that's probably the most notable addition that's going to be made. Are you looking for any specific guy, any specific name or any scheme change at all? Like what's your kind of what's your thought process with this offensive coordinator job?
1: Wow, for me, that's kind of like a double edged sword. Being honest, fellas, um, and just being 100 and being 100 with everything. Because how I'm looking at it, yes, we want someone with a name, but my biggest thing is we let go too. But according to everything, and even Scott's words in the last article, um, he was saying he was calling the offense and he was running the offense and calling the plays. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was a little confusing of why we've let go of two offense coordinators, but you were calling the plays. But also in the article, he said he's going to have to let the reins go on that and let them call the play. So hopefully, I mean, we thought Walters was someone he trusted. We thought Lovick was someone he trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that phrase part of it was confusing. You get what I'm saying? It, it's almost like mixed signals. Oh, yeah. um, it's after, I think it's going to have to be someone with a strong personality to say, no, we're not doing that, Scott. You let us do this. You manage the rest of it. And I think if we find someone with that type of personality, we'll be much better. I think the other guys kind of let him still bully over them, him being the head coach and him being a former OC himself. Mm -hmm. And they let him just do it. And they were almost as the secondary person in regards to that. So, I mean, it has to be someone with a strong personality. That's just my opinion.
0: So, and, and Kenny, so it's almost like you're describing exactly what we said uh, last week is these two, he's, he's going on to his third offensive coordinator in five years, mm-hmm. and the last two guys were essentially the punching bag for his no production on offense. I mean, not saying that they weren't productive, but they weren't efficient enough to win games in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think moving forward, and I'm sure you would agree with this, is the, the opposite coordinator that they do hire Obviously, they're getting a big pay bump. We're, we're jumping up into the million-dollar range, which is like a mm-hmm. high-paid offensive coordinator, and he's going to loosen his hands on the offense, hopefully. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think – is there any names that you would – like? What type, what type of offense would you think would work the best here at Nebraska moving forward? Do you think we still have to blend what we have, or do you think that we should maybe just throw it in the trash and start fresh?
1: I mean, I, mean, I actually like the offense. I think the offense is okay. I think we all know as fans, former players, what we've been watching that we've had deficiencies in a lot of areas. Um, O-line, inconsistent quarterback play. When Martinez is on, he's he's a wonderful player. But when he gets the glitches, he makes a little bit mistakes. Um, this year, I thought offensively we did a lot better. We got rid of something I thought was my pet peeve, which was the swing pass. As you guys see me venting, I'm sure, <laughs> online about that all the time. I, I'm not a fan of lateral passes. Let's go vertical and let's get it every once in a while, yes. But I think in his first couple of years, we did too much of that. Um, and, and you guys saw the tape. We threw a lot to Wondell in regards mm-hmm. to that out on the wing, swing pass, like catch it, make, make a person miss. Um, we didn't have the horses that Oregon had when they were running that style of offense. Wondell was that one. The rest of them weren't that one. Um, so now with us going vertical, we see what the vertical game can do. i mean we have a, a a legitimately good team this year. The record doesn't reflect that, right but we legitimately have a good team this year and it it's just been a shooting ourselves in the foot that's that's hurt us. So i mean offensively, i think it's fine. it's just let's keep going this way and not this way and get the running game going, you know, and can you believe that? I'm a receiver saying that. Get that running game going because that opens up so much more with it. I mean, we got the snaps under control. You guys Mm -hmm. know the last couple of years, that was a problem after the, what game was that? When he finally ripped into him, was it Michigan state? And they made the changes, the false starts, all those penalties, those killed us over the last couple of years. You guys know what I know. We all saw the same thing and said, this is the same story from the Illinois game. And so forth, we were like, this is the same stuff. But once the line play got better, we looked like a totally different team offensively.
0: So, Kenny, you're talking about a lot of mental blunders, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Do you think that comes back onto the coaching staff? Do you think that is something that you being a former player, something that is ingrained and you are taught to to not make those false starts, to not make those late game turnovers or this one bonehead mistake that costs you the game? I mean, does that come back down on on the coaching staff, or is that just in between the ears for the players? I mean, where does it
1: fall? I think sometimes a voice can get stale in a room, but then I also think um, individuals need to take accountability for what they're doing. Um, That was one of our biggest things when we played under Coach Osborne um, and that staff, especially him, was to not make that mistake, and we held one another accountable. For the things that we did you know hey ken you know you can't do that or so and so you know you can do that but it was done respectfully because we knew the guy next to me was was fighting just as hard as i've been fighting for us to win this game so you know coach osborne said kenny you know you couldn't you can't do that okay coach that's all it took for us and that was it i mean if you notice the penalties were down a lot but that's because we make sure we didn't disappoint our brothers, not only the coaches, but our brothers out there on the field. But I think the voices got stale, and especially on the offensive line.
3: So, Kenny, I guess, what do you think has to change for Frost to actually turn this around if he's serious about it? I mean, like, aside from the coaching changes, do we have to pull them Michigan State and just hit the portal as hard as they can instead of just grabbing the top FCS players? do they need to recruit better or is it scheming and nexus and
1: I think we can go to the portal i think we can look um junior college to get some of those those players um who are ready who are ready to play right now um not a red shirt a year and go um i also think we can look at the portal and get it and then recruiting I, I think recruiting's been steady under his staff um, he's getting the style they're getting the style of players that they would like my, my thing always been with, with coaches whenever they take on program player personnel wise. It's going to take five to six years. Um, you think about his original seniors in class. He had when he came in and those younger guys. Some of those guys have been under three, three coaches. Coach Pellini, Coach Riley and then Coach Frost. So, you know what I mean? That's just three different ways that you're being coached. Right. While you're there at the university. So I mean, I think just hitting the transfer portal would help, also junior college, but a lot of the young guys should have been watching this year and they should be prepared rolling into next year.
2: Okay. Um, sticking with you know this news that's been coming out, there's been more details about Scott Frost's potential, you know, his his contract renegotiations and mm. this whole buyout, you know, at first it came out that the buyout was cut in half. But then, you know, a little bit later, we hear that if he gets fired before October 1st of next year, it will be the full buyout. So that's hmm. the first within the first six games of next year. You know, just looking ahead, you know, I don't it's not going to be any secret coming into next season. Right. It's going to be the talk mm-hmm. the whole, all offseason. Right. It's going to be about Scott Frost being on the hot seat. We can't avoid it. We can try our best to be positive and all that. But it's right. You know, that's going to be the whole talk. It's going to be a distraction. The first six games. What does Frost, what does his record need to be so he does not get fired? Because I think, you know, there's these whole ramifications about metrics. We don't really know the exact metrics. We don't know the win total. Um, What does the the WL, you know, what does the record need to be for him to keep his job for next year? Do you think?
0: And to fill you in, Kenny, just uh, for the first six games, we played Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Oklahoma, Rutgers, and Indiana. Other than oh, Indiana so that was the
1: first six? I'm going to say five and one. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, because we're looking at the teams. We're looking at Northwestern, but we know Northwestern always plays as tough. I think that's the game in Dublin, correct? They're going overseas. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think possibly should beat them. Georgia Southern, we should. South South Dakota or South Dakota State? Because uh, Just North Dakota. Just regular yeah. South, North, North Dakota. I apologize. Um, not, you know, that should, should be a win. Let's go on. Should be. Mm. Um, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma, depending on how they come, who and what they come back with next year could possibly be a win, but let's see how this defense progress. I think, I think our chance was, I thought our chance was this year, especially with the defense we had. Indiana, we should, we owe them because I think that coach was talking trash the last time they played in Lincoln. <laughs> um, so we need to put a whooping on them. So I, I, I would say, Five and one, um, okay, for me. I think we should be five and one. Or I'm not gonna do the homer stuff and say undefeated. But like I said, it depends on what Oklahoma brings back. But I think at least we should be five and one by that time.
3: So, do you think the buyout take effect after the the Indiana game? Is anything less than five and one like grounds for
1: a change? Um, you know, and that's hard because. I never, I, I never do the hiring and firing. That's not my. I'm not the AD, so I kind of look at it from a different perspective. Um, and people have families. Right. I think it will be highly scrutinized if it's less than that at that point. Depending, especially depending on how the team is performing, how they're looking, and how bad you know, you know that people like say good and bad at the losses are. looking. You know what I mean. So, oh, yeah. I think that'll play a huge factor if he's anything under that. Now, if he's one in five, you know, I mean, you know what they're going to do. I mean, but if it's four and two with this one, like I said, Northwestern's no cakewalk. You know, you expect to win the other games, but and let's say four and two, I still think it's it'll be okay.
2: See, and like you know, Mike was starting to name a, name the first six teams off, and which which I I appreciate that, but at the same time. I think at this point, you know, a lot of fans might disagree, but you have to start winning games. Like you Mm -hmm. said yourself on Twitter, it's like the new standard is close. But Mm -hmm. again, like this whole, this Oklahoma game coming up. Okay. You kept it close last year in Norman. So you have to, don't you have to win games? Like, I know, I know that's kind of unfair because it's Oklahoma. They're probably going to be top five next year. But at some point, it's just about getting the wins and not keeping it within one score. It's just the wins have to come.
1: They just right. do. It. That's what the best. I business absolutely is. agree. Yeah, I absolutely you know? agree. And I think that's why, I, you know, when I wrote the tweet <laughs> that everyone, some people took, I think some people took out of it what they wanted to. And I always tell right. people, I deal with W's and L's, wins and losses. And that's why I, I was so agitated when I see, oh, but we're so close, but we're so close. Okay. Yeah, whatever. And people are, I, I see people making excuses on my feet about, oh, but we're so close. We'd rather the, the Bo Pelini, we were this, we were nine wins, but we were getting blown out. Okay. We're three and four wins and we've gotten blown out in some, but yeah, we've been close in others, but when it mm-hmm. all comes down to it, it's, it's wins and losses. So my thing was, you know, the so close thing bothers me because I said if so close is okay, ask the 93-94 Nebraska team how they feel about being so close. Right. Ask the 82-83 80, team how they feel about so close. Yeah. Ask, Keeps I, them up at ask, night. Ask my 98-99 team how we feel about going so close at 94 when we lost to Texas at the end of the game, Kansas State at the end of the game, um, U of A at the end of the game, and I think A&M, like – and a And M, I missed that game. except for short. Something like at the end of the game, that doesn't sit well. Mm-hmm. So you know, people took it as a oh, whole year. You're saying Firefox. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't attack players. I don't attack coaches. I don't attack university. I deal with reality. I talk if I if I talk about a player, I say, oh, he could have done this better. I'm never going to trash a player. I've been in a, that that space. I would never do that. I would never talk trash a coaches. Oh, he sucks and like people do. No, that's not my thing. I talk about, oh, that was kind of a bad decision. Why would we do that? But none of us are in the sky box on the field to see and really know the personnel like they know them. Maybe there's a reason they're not doing certain things because of certain players. We know they're going for it on fourth down because they didn't trust the kicker. We all know that, right? Yep. But you see what I mean? It's, the, it's that little stuff that, you know, we're not there and privy to see every day to say, well, maybe this is why they made that decision.
0: So you brought up something interesting and you brought up the kicking situation just now. And. It brings me to Scott Frost's press conference last week. They were talking about staff changes, and he brought up that he thought that the special teams was playing pretty well this year. He thought it was just a lack of execution by the specialists. Do you think Scott Frost has to hire a full-time special teams coordinator moving forward?
1: Ooh, that I, I can see it being done, but then I, I look back at our time. when I, When I was there, my time I was there. Coach Darlington was punt return. Coach Solage was kickoff return. With Coach Young and Coach Tinnerfer, all of the coaches were involved in the special teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I've never had a just direct special teams coach. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So if if he's going back to that concept of how we did it, then then I understand. You know what I mean? Everyone was involved. That was Coach Solage back there with us returning kickoffs, high and tight. That's why a lot of times you saw a majority of the running backs back there. Coach Solid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Coach Darlington was the punt, going back to that. Outside of a few receivers, that's why you saw a lot of DBs back there. Now we all know receivers catch the ball better than DBs, but that's why you saw a lot of DBs back there. <laughs> so that's why they're DBs, they can't catch. But <clears throat> you know, it was it was specific coaches on there, Coach Tenniper, Coach John, they were on those kickers' butts and those linemen. Remember, we had our big boys out there fielding punts and then some skill players on the outside back then. Um, so, I mean, if he's going to that concept, I can respect that. But it's it has been, let's elephant in the room, the kicking guys. We we we've all watched that this year. We've yeah. all seen that, and yeah. we've all seen how it's been detrimental to this football team. If I was a defensive player, I would be irate because we're getting these stops. Offense is putting us in position at times to get points, and we're missing. And now we're back on the field after we just shut them down. That's hard. That's and I'm an offensive player. That's hard. You know, years before we would run these fast plays and not give the defense time. You get what I'm saying? Because yeah. we, we run this fast-paced offense and they just stop the guys, and then all of a sudden they're back on the field within a minute and 30 of actual time and 45 seconds of game time. They're gonna break down after a while. You know, well, and so, the thing.
2: Yeah, and the thing about the defense, too, is they haven't just been doing that this year. I mean, last year, they, they like, were they as good as this year? Probably not, but they still did everything that they could to keep us within games. But it's just the offense, our offense racks up tons of yardage. But when you get inside the 20s, there's just something that happens. And I don't know if you have a, since you're, you know, a, f- a former receiver yourself, is there anything that you're seeing from this offense when you get in the red zone where it's just, something's not clicking? Like, is there something in particular that stands out to you when we get in the red
1: zone? Offensive line. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I mean, offensive line. I mean, if, if you're getting inside of there and you're getting a push off the ball. Your playbook opens like this. If we right. know you're 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 not going to get that much for running the ball defensively, our playbook does like this. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. one against the other. So I mean, I think that's been the biggest thing because they know we're we're not we're not gonna run it well, so we're gonna have to throw it. And then if that doesn't work, we're rolling out the field goal kicker. And uh oh. This is going to be a, a treat for everyone to watch and see what happens. So, I mean, but I, it's, it's the line. It's been the line. You give him time, you open holes, we have a totally different record.
3: Now, Kenny, uh, sticking with the offensive line, uh, do you think, it's a, you think it's a talent thing, or was there a disconnect somewhere in how they are coached and the scheme that they're trying to run with it, the personnel?
1: Um. I would hope they're recruiting the players to run the type of scheme they would like, you know, I mean, Coach Osborne, they recruited people who can be willing to run an option game. That's why when Coach Soto was there, it was the same type of player. But when Callahan came in, it was he was trying to recruit, you know, recruit a whole different type of player. I just think there's a nastiness missing up front. But I don't want to seem like I'm being being up on Coach Osborne because that's not it. We have to come to the reality, gentlemen, and and this is what I tell a lot of people. They only heard about how Nebraska used to play. They've never seen it. Right. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? So they can hear about how well oh, Nebraska used to be this, but they don't know that. So these kids are seeing a whole different. So we can talk about how nasty our O-line was, but they've never seen that. They've never seen it in person with their teammates and. So it makes a difference, but I think if you can get the person in there to get light of fire under there, you know what? I think the outcome will be totally different.
2: Okay, and I just want to keep going with this point because I think you're absolutely correct about a lack of nastiness, and it's Frost's offense isn't, like, meant for that, right? It's more finesse. And so, yeah, so, like, when he, when he first came here, of course, just like we've, we've been saying, we all love the hire. It was, it was the home run hire at the time. But you look at it in hindsight, and it's like this type of offense that's finesse, and you have to have five-star athletes out there making plays. And, and now we're, we're sitting here going, gosh, should they, should they change something? And you say that they lack a nastiness. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just – and it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. It's just Frost offense is not meant for nastiness. Where it's, it's kind of disappointing because the type of quarterback he was. I mean, he, hmm. you hear about all the time how in practice he, his ass got beat. And, you know, yeah, he, he avoided. And we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he, he would avoid running out of bounds and he would put his shoulder down into a dude. And it's just, it's kind of disappointing just personally seeing, gosh, why can't Frost see that we are missing a nastiness and we need to change our offense a little bit to this Big 10 style where it's 70-30 run, and, and that's what I want. But I don't know. It's just disappointing the type of quarterback he was and now seeing the kind of offense that he wants. It's just a 180, isn't it? I mean, that's just what I see.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you can I, – I I totally see your point. I mean, I totally see your point. My thing is, like, with some of the line, if if a lot of them had – Jurgens attitude it would right. be totally different if all five of them had all the other four had that attitude outcomes would be different you get what i'm saying yeah. um i think i think the offense can work well i mean especially when you are doing an rpo offense which everyone is running these days um the only difference is you say with ohio state they they're getting they're getting that five star guy exactly you know? I mean, that's yeah. ohio state they they're, they're going to get that guy michigan's even though they don't run it they're the they're going to get those guys because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it could be successful. I mean, because if you look at the old traditional big Ten, how I look at old traditional big teams, 10 teams, and this is just honest, we've all, I always thought, and I'll tell you guys, sure, we always thought Michigan State always had a lot of skill players, always had great players. They just were always here on the bubble. Michigan was, big, Michigan was big and gawky. You'd have a tight end and some linebacker, you know, a little overhype. Um, Penn State was big and gawky. They would have their skill players because Penn State, they're going to get those kids. And Ohio State was fast, and they always got all the dogs, as we would <laughs> say. They were the NFL team. You look, they always had the guys. We'd be like, it was can go." So we can – what I'm getting back to is we can get players. They're not going to be five – high four-star players, but if we prepare them and get them right, you can be productive. Coach Osborne wasn't getting all the five-star players. (laughs) You get what I mean? Yes. The system was in such a place that where you can plug pieces pieces in. He was getting his top dogs from in-state, the scholarship, the walk-ons for that year, then the rest of them on scholarship, and then he was coming and plucking us out of state, the other guys out of the other states. And look how we matched. I mean, I think the offense—you—you gotta look back. Oregon was small and fast. That's why they got banged up when they played the Auburns and all those teams. They were too small and finesse. Mm -hmm. I think we're in a position to kind of be a hybrid. I know he wants to go to bigger receiver. Okay, let's do that. Let's go vertical. Let's be more aggressive. It it all to me, outside of Martinez, and you know his mistakes he makes at at the times he makes them, which I think he's a great kid. I think he's a good quarterback. Just we just had those mistakes. It all starts with the O line. That's just my opinion. I I really think that changes the team dynamic um, for the past couple of years and this year, especially, and that going into next year, mm-hmm.
0: we get the well, one kid talk-
1: back that hurt his knee will be okay.
0: And you're talking about that O-line and the, the talent in comparing us to some of the other guys in the, the big 10. I think college football is at a point now where some of the, the power could change a little bit uh, with NIL. And I think Nebraska could be um, one of those schools that could draw a lot of that those dogs, those the the real talent, uh, right. with with the money that we have here, you know, because we're the only show in town, and right. I I think Scott Frost is gonna he's gonna play that card really well in the transfer portal this year. I think honestly, the guys though, on the offensive line, they're highly recruited guys. It, it, I don't think it's a mm-hmm. lack of talent. I think it's a lack right. of execution, a lack of a lack of nastiness, mm-hmm. and maybe just scheme too. Like it, it's oh. just when you when your tackles get blown up off the edge, you know. 90% of the game, it's tough <laughs> to win games like that. And it's tough to be a quarterback. Right. It's tough to be a receiver. It's tough to be a running back. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, and I think I'm hoping that Scott can use NIL to his advantage. And obviously he's not going to come out and just speak right, all the NIL. Right. He, you know, that's not that's not his job. But right. I think we could be in a pretty good place. And I think he is getting the talent that he needs to execute this offense. It's just O-line play and red zone plays. It's gotta be better.
1: Absolutely. And special teams as far as kicking, as far as, as far as the kicking and punting. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I Oof. mean we we all need to take a side on that one. It's been brutal. It's been brutal.
3: Sticking with the theme of uh of nastiness or, or lack thereof, it kind of speaks to you know, in a weird kind of way in the locker room, is th- th- these players don't believe that they can, you know win the game or they can match up for a full 60 and and sure i mean i'm i'm, I'm sure it does shatter confidence a little bit or like or, or when they get beat and how does it get instilled to a lineman or just anybody on the field you know hey you are going to win this battle you're going to win this game like because that connect has seemed to, to be there for a for a few seasons now so
1: well, I mean, I think, like you said, in the locker room with them being motivated, I think you need to have someone cons- consistently and constantly, both words, motivating them and a belief. I've, I keep going back to certain plays and certain things. I think they need a sports psychologist. I don't know if they have one to talk to them in regards to how they're playing and just to see where they're at mentally because if you think about it this is a lot of games that outside of the Purdue even that one Minnesota the other games that's a lot of we should have won yeah but we shot, we shot we shot ourselves in the foot and me personally I think the Purdue and the Minnesota game was a letdown mentally right from all those games that they know, I think they know that they should have won. You get what I am saying? And I, mm-hmm. I think they're they were drained um, because they probably they're probably looking at film, and it's probably very minimal things that they had that could have need changing or things you know, things they could have done better. Every, every film session things could have done better, especially after the Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State game. And then to say we were that close and didn't have results and then then put in their mind, oh, we missed that kick. Uh, we, you know, the fumble, the, the botched pump return in the end zone, the fumble touchdown, uh, the kick to the left when everyone's running to the right. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, Dak and World, you can you just imagine that just boom. And so when those letdowns happened, I knew they were coming. I said, I just hope the defense doesn't break. Especially on that side of the ball, because they've been playing their butts off, gentlemen. We know that. We've seen it. We all knew. I think we all knew that was going to be the strength of the, the team this year. They were all coming back. We knew right. that. Mm-hmm. And then for them to play how they've been playing and then the letdowns, I, you know, I, like I said, they. I think they need sports psychologists. I, I honestly think they do.
2: Well, I mean, you watch Culp and even Contreras when, when they miss kicks. You know, what's the first thing the camera does? It goes, you know, right to the kicker to get their reaction. And like they have their hands up, like, I can't believe this. Like, oh my God. Like it is, you're right. It is so in their heads. And, you know, just kind of adding to Eric's point, it's just this team. I don't, I don't want to just say it's under this staff because it has been kind of a Nebraska thing for a while where <laughs> like winning games is, it's like they're contagious to it and they're, there's something that happens between the ears. This is like small potato stuff. Okay. My high school basketball team sucked at basketball. Okay. We were terrible (laughs) where whenever we won a game, it was like, did we just win? Like it was kind of weird. And so I don't know if that's what's happening with this team where they're just so used to losing where it's like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where if something goes bad, it's like, yeah, that's just, yeah, that's that's how we do, you know, and yeah. getting, a, getting a psychologist. I don't know how much that helps. I don't know if a changing a whole staff would help. I mean, I kind of at a loss here.
1: Yeah. Going back to what you said, I think and, and I can relate that to what you with your team. I think um, they hope to win and they don't expect to win. Mm. And that's the difference. We expected to win during my time or we knew we were going to win. The loss was the shot. These guys hope to win. Well, we hope we win this game. Oh, we plan. It's going to be tough. I've never had that thought in my mind during any of my time in Lincoln. Oh, we playing so-and-so next week. Oh, man. Let's go in here and do what we do and go on about a business. But I think they hope to win, but I think they have a middle block. Once it gets close, uh uh-oh, here we go again. Right. It it plays a factor into, Uh uh-oh, here we go again. I and And – is a term we use. I'm not going to say it, but they say, oh, the something got tight when that pressure got on. <laughs> with, <laughs> you puckered with it up. is sitting yeah, it, it got tight. You know, and it tightened it, that pressure. And some people can't handle the pressure. Some people don't know how to overcome the pressure. Winning and losing is a mindset. Mm-hmm. You see it in the NFL. You see it in college. Um, once the team starts believing they can win, you have a turnaround, case in point. Look at Michigan State. Where were they at? Mm-hmm. You get what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, yeah. You know Winning is a mindset. You think Alabama goes into every game? And I say we're on that level as far as talent-wise and all of that. We know what type of players they get. Do you think they go into a game hoping to win? Expect to win. That's what we did. We expected to win. When programs hope to win, you start seeing the games and the bad games, case in point, how Miami's falling off, how Florida State is falling off, all the big dogs. Because we got to the point where we were hoping to win and not expecting to win. And it shows on the field. How many times have you seen us? Like we said, the last couple of years. Oh my God, here we go. Hey, let's look at Coach Riley's first year. All what that was that the hell Mary BYU and all BYU. That crazy yeah, stuff? very, very first game. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh my God, we're almost close. I mean, you know, you and I think a lot of these kids they don't know, but I think if they would have won those games, it would be totally different their mindset because now okay. they know they can win it. See, okay, right now, they we- don't know they can win them.
2: Yeah, when you, when you came on the program, I mean, this was a program under Tom Osborne who mm-hmm. you going in, you know that the standard is winning and it's national championships right. and it's conference championships because that's you right. saw it and right. you knew when you're coming in to the program that anything less than that was a disappointment. And so right. that's that's the only thing about this whole close thing that gets to me yeah. a little bit is yep. after four years – of close L's, that's all, you know, is loss, 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 loss. Right. And right. you're never given an example of like, you have light pole at Kansas, like their, his signature win, you know, came last week at Texas. And it's like, those players can use that as motivation mm-hmm. going forward. And people coming in can say, all right, I believe because we pulled out this win. It's right. just in four years, I just don't think, Frost has that win where people can look at it and go, I believe I see it. You know what I mean? Right. No,
1: right, I don't think he has has that win either. I mean, toward that he could have had so many signature wins this year, maybe one or two. And he still has a chance to have two with the last two games of the year. Um right. that you can say, okay, we let's let's build off this. These are things you can take the kids when you're recruiting and saying, look, when we came in, when I came in, I knew what time it was. Mm-hmm. This man has won nine plus to ten wins seasons a year. Like I said, we went nine and four. Do you know we were walking around this Lincoln and just depressed? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I apologize to dudes that played before me and who I play with Shoot. about that. You know what I mean? I mean, literally, yeah. they would call me and man, I mean, we'll, we'll apologize. Do you know I got phone calls after even though they end up going to the championship game with the Colorado game in uh, Colorado when they scored all those points when the guy had like six touchdowns? You know, yeah, I call I called the Lincoln dudes like, I'm sorry. Man, you know, they, that's where we were at. Mm-hmm. When I went to the Alamo Bowl, I think it was 2000, um, yep. Dominic's junior year, Carlos was there. You know the first thing they said to me? We're sorry, sorry bro. Mm-hmm. So let that sink in. We're sorry, bro. Right. He put his head down. Carlos put his head down. man. I'm so sorry. That's how we took it. These guys don't know that. You right. get what yeah. I'm saying? So I get passionate about it because they don't know that. We know that. So people have to stand. So when someone like myself is frustrated, it's, inter- it's internal. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, those, those, yeah, we got nine wins, but then blow losses hurt and they will make us sick. But this here, man, let me tell you. This is something else. This is something else, my brothers. This is these last couple of years. This is something, man. Where it is a lot of guys, not gonna say it, but trust us, our phones are, are buzzing because we're, 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 we're hitting one. Through. You see this, dude's <laughs> like, I don't even watch anymore, bro. I would get literally sick. I know guys will get literally sick. Like, apathy, I,
2: I, I man. It's apathy.
0: That. Yeah,
1: like, well, and we,
0: we talked about last week how. There's a patch on on the uniform that says a winning tradition, and right now this fan base is they're not they're okay with linning linning, like you're you're losing moral victory. <laughs> I was like you might as well just change it to moral okay. victory. You at this point because all the fan bases, yeah, they, <laughs> right now the fan base is okay with moral victories versus actually winning the games. And you brought up a really good point about Michigan State and that turnaround that they've they've had, and Mel Tucker today said something that was really awesome and i think teams kind of they take on the identity of their coach Uh mel tucker said today they're playing ohio state right he said scared money don't doesn't win you have to play to win (laughs) when your coach is walking in like that you know you talk the talk you walk the walk i i don't i don't see that those kind of comments coming out of scott frost i i'm not i'm not blaming scott i don't think it has anything to do with him the way that the, the players react in these games but you know, if you had a little bit of a swagger like
2: that, I think it would show up on Saturdays too. Well, instead of saying we just need breaks, mm-hmm. we just need the ball to bounce, and it's just that's not swagger. That's is him. it? You
1: know. <laughs> Trust me, my friends, I get it. I get
3: it. <laughs> so, Kenny, Go my ahead. question is: Are you in where we stand? You know, losing close is is they're losing, but. Yes, Linning has become a popular term. Uh, do you buy the cl- the close argument or the, do you think that this is just programs I- identity?
1: I don't buy the word close argument. I will I'll never accept that. No matter how people try to spin it and thank and, you and make, make it make it seem like it's okay. No, nah, we're not we're not gonna bark, but that's true. You might as well give us a participation trophy. We're playing Thank you. Saturday. That's that's participation trophy. So that's why, you know, that's, that goes back to my rant. That's what I was furious about. That's not okay. And it seems that we're accepting it as, as a lot of fans are accepting it and making excuses for it. No, knock it off. Stop. It's BS. We expect Thank you. more, you know, <laughs> Thank you. because what you're telling me when you accept it and say, oh, this is who, this is who we are. We're okay at being that. No, we're, I'm not. My former teammates are not. A lot of the old, the fans are not. A lot of the, the other fans are not, especially the old school who know. The bully should always be the bully or close to being the bully. We are not the bully. So when I get jokes, people cracking jokes, me like, well, that's just who you guys are. When I see somebody from Montana and somebody from Boise State and all these other schools, these clown schools, talking crazy about, oh, that's just who you guys are. Nah. No, nah, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept that. And we shouldn't accept that. We shouldn't be a stock to anyone. We are a blue blood program, point blank, period. We've earned that right. And the fans, I think personally, who think, say that's okay. Nah, reevaluate that and say, okay, I see it. But, and like I said, that's that peak. But we' not what we expect to be. And maybe not now we won't be playing for championship or we could hope to be, playing, but we should be eight, nine wins. Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
2: That's one of the just saddest market. things. That's one of the saddest you know things I mean? about this Yeah, uh Nebraska fans. We would always get a bad rap for oh, you guys have unrealistic expectations. You expect too much. You guys are, you know, corn country out in the middle of nowhere, just podunks. Now we're just like, yeah. I mean, four <laughs> wins is cool now. Like it, it 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 bucks the whole the the whole stereotype that Nebraska fans are unrealistic. Right. I
0: don't know. <laughs> so Kenny, it, you it's, it's crazy. You brought up the, uh, that Scott Frost can still have two big wins this year. And mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the, the upcoming games moving forward. You got two teams that Scott Frost has never beat in Wisconsin and Iowa. You have a gutted ske- or pretty much a skeleton staff right now. Do you think one that it's even possible to win these games mentally and, you know, on, on the Saturdays that we actually play them and, like, I guess if if he wins these games, does that does that change the tone around the university? Could that springboard you into next year?
1: I think it'll get one if they win them A lot of momentum going into the spring football and uh, going into recruiting. Because I know that was another reason why they did all the coach changes played a huge factor. You know, you don't want those guys out recruiting, I guess, you know, with the early signing day coming up and then they're not going to be there. Um, that you getting a commitment from a kid, and all of a sudden they would have let them go later, and then now the kid leaves. You know that hurts. Who else you can go after? But I think, I think we can win these games. I, I honestly do. I and you know why? Our defense, our defense. Yeah. I yeah, said, I, I literally said when I started on the Scarlet and the Cream, the defense mm-hmm. is going to be phenomenal, and they well, have you're been. Playing you're playing two
0: really bad offenses, too, in Wisconsin and Iowa. They're both Wisconsin. very bottom-dweller offenses,
1: and this defense Wisconsin. has shut down elite offenses this year. Wisconsin has, what are they on there, six running back? Something like that? The guy that's huh. gained like a 100 yards a game or something, he's like fifth or sixth, right? Am I wrong? He's something down. Yeah. And, and And Wisconsin, you never know which one you're going to get. Are you going to get this one? Are you going to get this one? Iowa has been... You know, yeah. you, you never know what you're, going to, what you're going to get with them. And we seem to play them close. And Wisconsin has been the one that's been really giving us the business with the bad losses. So, right. I mean, I think we have the ability to, to beat them. I, it just is come down to – these games have come down to plays. Let that sink in. They've come down to plays. Because, one, going back, I keep saying it, you make that kick, how do we attack them offensively now? How do we attack them defensively now? Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? In Minnesota, what do we go for? Don't forward down because they didn't trust a kicker? <laughs> I, I'd rather a seven-yard punt versus uh, Michigan State rather than kicking it to the other side of the field.
2: When yeah, no one's yeah. over
1: there, I'd rather you do a seven, eight, because you guess what? You know why I say that? Because our defense was playing phenomenal. Yep. And yeah. would have would have stopped them. You get what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think we can beat them. But, you know, and, and, and I tell everyone, I'm not, I'm never a homer. So, get that out of there. No, get – I think we can beat them because of our defense. And if our offense shows up and we can protect Adrian and with the coaches, if they just rolled into it – because they're going to do the same thing. You're not going to come up with a new scheme. It's just a different voice in the ear, different motivation. And if the kids have got over the fact that their coaches have been let go, I think we have a chance.
2: Yeah. Uh, Kenny, I'm um, just real quick, Um, you know, you're saying that we can win these games, but I heard a lot of ifs in there. If they do this, if they do this, if they do this. I mean, we've been saying that all year. If you're they right. just <laughs> – if they just <laughs> – I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, because you live out in Arizona, right? Right, yeah. The kind of vibe that I'm getting from fans and media both is like, these last two games are just – I don't want to say exhibitions or anything, but ever since, you know, letting go of the whole staff and like transition this year, period. the rest of this, the rest of this year is just kind of like, eh, whatever happens. It's not a, it doesn't matter with Frost. Like they yeah. could lose and it's okay because this whole, you know, contract restructuring, like there's just a very ho-hum. Yeah.
1: I've gotten know, that too and it's, it pisses me. It pisses, it's been pissing me off. Right. I can say that. Yeah, I've gotten that same vibe and it's underneath my skin. Yeah, and, and that's why I was so agitated, guys. That's why I was, certain people I just said, don't click send. That's why I didn't <laughs> click send. I just put a thumbs up or, okay. Because <laughs> what I wanted to say, you know, you have to think sometime before you get send on that tweet and that text. Oh, okay. But you don't want but what I really want to say. Twitter might ban me because I'll go ballistic. So that's okay. Oh, okay. Click. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Click. Yeah. That's been, that's been, that's been bothering me too. It's like, well, who would have ever thought
2: at Nebraska, your last two games versus rival Like these are big 10 West opponents and fans are just like, this is where we're at. It's, it's so disappointing. And Mike Mind and I, boggling. we're going to Madison. Yeah, we leave for Madison you know, on Friday. Like, <laughs> but it's just, it's just very, all right, these games are happening, so okay. It's very disappointing. I concur. Uh, I
1: totally so let's, agree.
0: Let's jump into that Wisconsin game. Score predictions, Kenny, because I know we, uh, we got to be wrapping up mm. here soon. Score predictions. Do you think the, the Big Greg can pull one out uh, in Madison, 2.30 game on ABC, uh, and what's your score
1: prediction? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they can pull it out. Once again, I always say basic because of our defense. Um, you know, I'm just going to say that. Hopefully the kicker helps them out. which everyone is in there kicking or they in the punter. <laughs> um, but I, my prediction because I hope the bad Wisconsin shows up is a
3: uh, 24-17. Okay. Okay.
0: And uh Wisconsin's a 10-point favorite. i mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to say uh Unfortunately, I don't think the big red gets it done, even though Jared and I will be there. I think they lose another close one. Another close one. Moral victory. Yeah. Uh, I think we lose 28, 24.
3: I'm actually uh, on the other side of the fence. I, one of the bowl out games is going to happen eventually. It's their senior day that they're honoring about, I think like, like 15 seniors. And they found their running back. They found the running back of the future. Now, anyway, I just I think he has his way with us and uh
2: yeah f- 34-14. Dang it. That, this is well this was going to be my freaking All right, Eric. <laughs> I I think Mike I don't th- I think we're going to have a a miserable time in Madison. Miserable Madison. It's going to be like 31 to 10. <laughs> like I think this defense I'm not saying they're gonna give up because that's that's not fair to them. They've been playing their asses off all year. They've been dealt shit sandwiches and they've ate them, you know, every time. But I think I think thirty-one to ten esque is gonna happen. Uh, yeah, I, I just I need to see I need to see wins before I freaking before I put faith in dubs. I gotta see it. So thirty-one to ten. Unfortunately, trust, me,
1: trust, trust me. My W is hanging on by a small thread, fellas. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, I,
0: I'm usually one that is uh, doing the same thing as you and trying to pump the God, we're going to pull one out. We're going to do it. We're gonna. But, you know, after the Minnesota and the Purdue game, it really just kind of deflated my uh, my little hope that we had. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to be a realist here. I still think they have a close one, but. Gosh, without JoJo on that defense, too, I think it's going to be a real test for Isaac Gifford. I mean, he's a freshman coming in and trying to play that hybrid role of linebacker safety corner. I mean, it's an odd
2: position and Mm -hmm. not anything that anybody can just jump into and play. So, I want you to plug yourself, Kenny. Where can our listeners find you? What is your at on Twitter? Just give us that info, please.
1: It is at... Husker Newt, H U S K E R N U P E one nine one one on Twitter and on Instagram, and of course on the Scarlet and the Cream podcast uh, yes, with sure. Brian, Frankie, and Matt. Man, you know, yeah, I got you to guys, do it this year, man. And I like doing it; it's fun, man. I like having fun, talking a little smack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you guys
0: uh, haven't listened to the Scarlet and Cream podcast, you can find them um, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, and uh, yeah, I know that they were hunting for some more followers on YouTube. So uh, go find them and give them a follow. Listen to Kenny and the guys
2: talk a little Husker football. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all I got tonight. That's all we got. So look, Kenny, uh, if there's nothing else, man, we just we just want to thank you again for coming on the so, NBNR man, podcast. Thanks. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I, I need to out, have an outlet for some of my frustration. Yeah, maybe good. I to, maybe, maybe I need to open my PlayStation 5. It's been sitting for five months. <laughs> Have an
0: open.
2: <laughs> Heck yeah! Awesome. Thanks, Kenny. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Go be great. All, right.
1: All right, fellas. Good night. Go be sure. great.
2: No block, no rock. Wants to thank Kenny Cheatham once again for joining us. A guy who knows what winning football looks like. He's got a few rings to show for it. Again, we just want we just want to say you know go to his Twitter. Go to our Twitter at NBNR Podcast. Find us anywhere. You listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, go to our website, nbnrpodcast.com. We've got freaking merch. Merch, merch, merch. Mike, what are you wearing? Dude, I am wearing that KB Kenny Bell
0: block (laughs) on Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin week. Wisconsin week. And what better to wear for this podcast than that block that was a penalty that wasn't a freaking penalty. (laughs) Let's be real. But... They hung, if, they hung 70, but nobody remembers that. Everybody remembers <laughs> The Sweet Block by Kenny Bell. And fun story about Kenny Bell really quick is at the Ohio State game, <laughs> he was out front of Memorial Stadium trying to give away tickets to the game. He had six tickets, oh, and he was trying to give them away, and nobody would take them. Oh, boy. So that was a fun little situation I had with Kenny a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I should have asked him if he wanted to sign my Kenny Bell shirt, but I didn't have it on. <laughs>
2: Um, But yeah, go buy a, go buy that shirt. It's it's reasonably priced. It's it's high quality. You put it through the wash, put it through the dryer. It's not gonna fade. Look at that. That's it, good. So well, yeah, and we get to come here to the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, which is on 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. We love coming here every Monday to record. You know, we get we get some free samples. I'm drinking their wit beer. It's tasty. Mike's drinking their seltzer. What did Eric have? What did you have? I I had the mango beer. I can't think of the name. Takes two to mango. Takes two to mango. I like it. Okay, guys. I think that's it, right? Yeah. We did our predictions. Wish us luck in Wisconsin.
0: Uh, Hopefully, we're we're (laughs) egg-free. Egg-free. Hopefully, it's (laughs) a relatively
2: warm game, and we're not fighting any blizzards on the way back. Now, hold on, Mike. The real question is... I've never been to Madison. Have you been to Madison? I've never been to Madison. Okay, so are we going to are we gonna jump around? Are we going to join in on it? Hell
1: yeah, we're jumping okay, in on I'm it. Okay, I'm just
2: making sure. I don't know if... Oh, you can't jump your Nebraska feds.
0: Oh, I'm doing, I don't know. I'm getting the full Wisconsin experience, especially okay. if it's an ass whooping. I'm going to take it in. <laughs> I'm going to run with it. Our red and white looks exactly like theirs because they copied our university in every phase of the game. Well, it's,
2: oh, And man. do it better than us, too. Well, hopefully when we do the jump around, it's Nebraska fans that are jumping a little bit higher, you know, because they're more excited about what's happening in the game. That's my hope. Uh, Let's sign off, guys. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware. And I'm Eric Morrow. And as always, beat Barry Alvarez, beat whiskey, and GBR.